Welcome to episode four of the Bossy Besties podcast. I am Brittany Cabuno here with best friend Melinda Ford. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Glad to see you're all back to listen to our new episode since we foreshadowed what we were going to be talking about this week. So we came upon uh, the subject of relationships, which I feel everyone can relate to. And it's kind of a subject that is never ending. And it was supposed to just be a quick story you wanted to share on one of our next episodes. And I was like, hey, why don't we just make that a whole podcast or two-parter or whatever. Let's see how it rolls out. So I guess we'll just start out with... uh, what the heck were you talking about when I was like, let's get a runaway train on that? So I text you because we kind of go back and forth when, like we've discussed trying to actively avoid each other so we don't ruin casual conversation for this thing. We, What you and I do is we just kind of text, you know, like two, three word, not full sentences, just kind of ideas to kind of give each other a heads up on like something that we could possibly talk about. And I had messaged you, um, Lying to your partner. <laughs> because <What? laughs> so so here was my thing. So I was hanging this thing that's kind of been on the wall. It, there was like an old command hook there from I think like a Christmas decoration or something. And it's just been on that command hook for a while and it really needed to be on something a little more sturdy. And well the other day, the sticky piece on the command hook because I actually put something on this little shelf and the sticky piece was like yeah you did too much and I just hear like boom and it all came crashing down so I mean nothing broke but I'm like all right well now's the perfect time for me to hang this up properly so I go down in my basement I get a hammer and a nail and I come up and I like eyeball kind of where I wanted exactly Mm -hmm. and I have those little I don't know if you know they're like these little hook things that go over the nail so once you they like the nail looks like it's in it diagonally but once you hammer the nail and it straightens out and it's like a permanent hook there then attached to it you know Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about yeah they're super weird I didn't know what it was at first I was like torture tools yeah (laughs) so I get one of those and I'm standing on this chair it's like an accent chair and the legs aren't necessarily the sturdiest because they're really for decoration or you know it's they're usually like the chairs you just stack shit on that you're supposed to put away and never do or like the clothes that you're willing to wear like three times in a row because you didn't do too much in them right (laughs) sniff it when you take it off does this stink no i can totally wear this again before i wash it (laughs) yep it's the reused chair right so so i'm standing on this chair and i'm like I, i go to like take my first swing of the hammer and I'll be goddamned if I don't like kind of like buckle when I do it and I take just this kind of like chunk of drywall out. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. So I ended up just like hammering the nail in like above the hole or maybe below it. Well, below it, probably that would make more fucking sense. I think I had more sense than to do it above it. <laughs> so I nail it, I hang it, and I don't say anything about it. And uh, I'm like, oh, you can't even see it. And I, like, usually would, like, tell Rich anything. Like, we don't really keep secrets from each other. It's not really our style. But I was like, I know that he hasn't listened to the podcast yet. I was like, so I'm going to mention it on the podcast and wait until he says something about the hole in the wall. (laughs) But he's not going to see it, maybe, at all. Ever. And that's what I mean. He may never see it. And I'll, I'll know if he knows about it because he's not going to say anything unless he listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nice. I I like it. I um, <laughs> hope you're listening, Rich. And if you're not, I'll tell you to listen sometime in the future. Why don't you start with episode four? It'll be great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like our best episode yet. Um, <laughs> it's the one. <laughs> It's funny because I um, accused my husband of not listening to the podcast, and he was like, well, I have, but I was like, yeah, in its entirety, and he was like, no, and I was like, so, like, you haven't, and he actually did listen to our podcast, um, at least one full episode, I think more, but um, I was very impressed that he had listened, and (laughs) he gave us some compliments, and I was oh, like, well, wow. Was nice. Yeah, I was like, wow, thank you. Because he's been researching. Well, he's been a avid listener for since I met him. And he's been researching and doing all this like work because he has had a podcast since um, the beginning of the year. And so he's like, you know, 25 weeks or 26 weeks into it. And it's called Born to be Mild. It's I was of- just going to say we need to give him a shout out because I listened to I haven't listened to the new one this week, but I listened to last week's and he or maybe it was the week before, whatever it was. He gave us a shout out on the end of it. And I thought that was super cool of him. So I was like, we need to plug his because that's only fair of us to do. Right, and I wanted us to get a little more established before the plug got lost on like the first couple episodes. Right, but, right. Um, his is a li- his no his podcast is more political. We try and kind of keep it light and airy and goofy, and we touch on some real stuff, but also like life is stressful enough, and I don't want to sit and listen to personally. Like I don't want to sit and bitch with you for an hour when we get to talk to each other about politics or the happenings of the world like I'd rather have a good laugh and escape it so that's right. kind of a lot of times what I look for too in a podcast so but like but I do listen to I do listen to Ron's maybe not every week but I do catch it you know when I have time yeah and I mean they have they've developed like crazy fast over these last just few months I've had a few friends listen in and they've given some great feedback too so I'm really proud of him and his co-host Pete um so it the, just to be clear, the podcast is called Born to be Mild. They take a middle-of-the-road approach to the pol- policies, procedures, politics, news, and happenings um, going on every week. And you can catch it every Monday. It will download after you like and subscribe. Again, well, Born to be Mild. And then, and it's funny because, like, speaking of, you know, lying to your spouse, which it's not really lying, but, you know, and we've talked, and I don't think this is out of This might not be out of confidence. If if it is, you'll just edit it out. (laughs) (laughs) Production rights. You said that you you don't necessarily listen to his podcast every week because you live in a house with him. And this is the shit that you've discussed all week. And you don't really need to rehash it all the time. Correct. I I told him that. And I kind of felt like that with Rich, too, when I told him, you know, when we started doing this. And I was like, because, you know, I joked about him not listening to it. But I'm like, you know you may not want to listen to the two of us shoot to shit because you listen to us any other time. So, <laughs> right. It's a speakerphone situation if he's home. So, right. Right. So, yeah, no, I don't blame him. Um, but you, the listener that doesn't live in our home, you better be back every week because you're going to miss out on a fun time with these two freaks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, so, um, I definitely like probably put a couple of those, white lies in there um 
because I wasn't listening every week, but I was listening for quality. I was listening for um, giving him feedback and things, but I definitely wasn't always like full episode. Like, let me skip forward 20 minutes. Let me just listen to this segment. Let me catch the very awesome beginning. Let me see how you ended it. So I don't think I was hurting any feelings by putting in a white lie. And so I'm just wondering, how do you feel about the subject of benevolent deception? Which is a fancy word for, you know, white lie. <laughs> well, I think that that's kind of the only way that I do lie in my relationship. I mean, like, because the big stuff, we, you know, we don't, we, we're, like, very open as a couple and very honest. And, you know, we've had tough conversations and, you know, we're not perfect by any means, but we're a great couple. Like, we're great together. We're better together than we are apart. And, you know, we've had conversations about, we had conversations very early on about, listen, if you feel like you need to step out of this relationship, you know, in a cheating situation, then I come to me first because clearly there's something, I'm doing something wrong or there's a disconnect here. Like, I'd rather you come to me and hurt my feelings and tell me what the issue is than just going out and stepping out on a relationship or marriage because that's not going to fix anything. You know, that's not going to solve the problem. It's only going to make it worse once the other one finds out about it, you know? Right. So, I mean, those were that, you know, so that was a conversation we had very early on. And I think that it's important to discuss with your partner weird stuff like you know I think that you should talk about like your sexual kinks I think you should talk about your darkest fears I think you should talk about you know just really anything I think being open is so much easier than hiding things because you're afraid of the way they're going to respond to it and so when you ask me about you know what is benevolent deception Mm -hmm. The really the only thing that we I would lie about in this house is it's like something like the drywall, like it's a joke, you know, or, you know, I may not tell you when you gave me a kiss that your breath smelled like onions or. Oh, no, mm-mm. you can't you can't let somebody go out in public like that, especially. Well, I don't mean in, if we're in public, that's a different situation. But if we're just like around the house, I'm like, get out of my face. Your mouth stinks like. <laughs> I mean, I've told Rob before, I'm like, the upper uh, mustache area needs, like, wash or something, man. (laughs) (laughs) But it's even because he also will be honest with me. Like, I I think I told you we were, like, laying in bed one night, and it's, like, 4 a.m., you know, like, when one of you wakes up, you both wake up, and he's, like, sniffing around, and I'm like, what? And he was like, babe, you don't, like, don't stink, but, like, I think you got a funky patch. (laughs) Like, there's a crease somewhere that's funk. He's like, you got a BO situation, like, just in one spot, and I can't tell where that spot is, but it's not everywhere. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, so, and I think this is just a a quick little side note. Speaking of stinky cracks, have you tried? (laughs) Go on. Have you tried any of those, like, I don't know if you've seen advertisements from like Loom, I think is the name of one of them. Like they're like deodorants that aren't just for your armpits. They're like, I think we maybe discussed this one time. For before. your like, folds? Yeah. Like anywhere you, <laughs> and like that's how the commercial was. Like it was like anywhere you can stick a pencil and it will we'll stay there. Like that can stink and sweat. And so this stuff is specifically for that. Like, you know, if you're, you know, uh, you know, under your boobs or your 
the top of your ass crack or, you know, like the inside of your thighs, you know, like, so I, I've never tried any of them. I've, I'm actually curious. Now I will say like, if I'm going like the other day, we went to a cookout and I, it, it was blistering hot. It was like ridiculous. Like the real feel was like 97, 98, something like that. And I did, I just took like my armpit deodorant and like swiped under each one of my boobs. Cause I'm like, I feel like when you bake out in that sun, man, like everything is just funky. Like I, I was just going to ask you, like, are you above just, like, swiping underneath a boob or two? Like, I've played sports, so, like, I've had boob sweat since I was a C-cup in the eighth grade. So Well, and then was... when you get older and everything starts to hang lower, them creases get real, like, you know? <laughs> Always working in them low nips. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but, I mean, that's when that spray deodorant comes into play because, like, you, it's like um, you can't reach everything when you're putting on sunscreen. It's the same with, like, the parts of you that sweat. Like, you can't reach everything. So just get that spray deodorant and hit do it up. Do you use spray deodorant? Do they make spray deodorant? No, I said, said? Do you, no, I said, do you use it? I've never used spray deodorant. Okay, so I was at Ollie's, and it was, like, two bucks, and I was like, yeah, let me get that, and it was Dove. So I was like, whatever, let's give it a chance. But my pH balance is not for Dove, but I do think, like, it. I have, like, sprayed the boobs situation with it um, when working out, because now that it's 1,000 degrees and I'm pretending like I'm, I'm going to get fit ever. Um <laughs> I, I feel like I need to feel a little bit fresher because when you smell yourself, that's a problem. <laughs> oh, dude, that's what I, I my Jen came over. A friend of ours came over the other day to um, drop something off. And she I was like telling her my regaled tales of drama. And she was like, I just want a hug. Give me can I hug? just give me a hug. And I went to hug her. and I was like, dude, I probably stink. I haven't had a shower in like two maybe three days like let's just keep it 100 like <laughs> like don't breathe if you're hugging me dude like i haven't left the house I'm, you know my mental health is a roller coaster at this point and i i have not been in a shower so yeah. i she was like don't apologize to me <laughs> see and lying in friendship doesn't make sense either and um well that, and that yeah that i think we just officially circled back to the topic we started on that's what i was saying to circle back <laughs> i had done like a i really enjoy reading psychology today um and i had actually looked up a little bit of an article when it comes to uh the white lies of relationships and whatnot and i had found that um through reading these articles that the one had said the correlation between like lying and being lied to directly um, correlates to like lower intimacy in the relationship because if you're always pussyfooting around, what did you say that was not 100% true? And that's why I don't lie. It's not because like I'm like, oh, I'm not a liar, which like I do pride myself in being like fairly honest. But I was reading like, you're not going to have good intimacy because you're not being a hundred percent. So you're not comfortable in the relationship if you're lying all the time, well, that or even sense. if you're giving small lies, like how do you keep up with that? Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, and, and you know, my stance, I'm so such an avid, like I don't lie because it doesn't make sense to me. Like I've just, it's not my thing. I, it, it's not logical to me outside of like a social lie, you know, to, not telling somebody that they're, breath stinks because it's not like the right time or you know just not telling somebody that you don't necessarily like their outfit you know like outside of just like a kind white lie I don't make shit up because like you said like how do you keep up with that like what's the purpose of it how well, how would any of that benefit me or me as a you know my energy and my being and so I don't 
that's my thing. I thought you were going to bring up the day that <laughs> when you said I don't I don't like boast about not being a liar. I thought you were going to bring up the day I was talking shit. I think we went to a concert and I told a story and one of our friends was like, I totally believe that that happened. And I was like, yeah, because number one, I don't lie. And number two, it's the fucking truth. <laughs> <laughs> so that that became my, I was like, that's just my motto. Right. <laughs> number one, I don't lie. And number two, it's the fucking truth. Right. <laughs> um, and that's one of the things that I think that you and I have gotten along with um, on the basic of levels is telling it like it is or telling people about themselves is a phrase that's been said to me often in life. Like, well, you're really good at telling people about themselves. Well, it, it's about delivery and being honest with a kind back. back yeah. It's in, not like know? a read, like, you know, like if you read somebody, like you're coming for them, in, you know, like in a confrontational way, you know, but if it's somebody that you're in a close relationship with, you know, a good friend, you can say, listen, I need you to cut your shit because you're doing that thing that you do and you know that you do it, so knock it off. You and know? if you did know you do it, let me tell you that you're doing it so you can recognize it in the future. Right. Now, and you're much more soft-handed than I am on on some things, like, because I feel like we have to talk about Kimmy at least once every episode. <laughs> Which, one quick aside, I will be um, hopping on our Facebook to introduce the folks that make all the appearances and all of our conversations. Yeah, so you guys can put, like, a face to the name. We'll get their, we'll get their permission, and then we'll slide them in on the Facebook page so you can check them out. Um, but that's what I, I always say to Kimmy when she calls me and she's having an issue and whatever it may be, if she's, you know, stressed or worried or, you know, trying to make a decision, and she'll call me and I'll, like, give her the business. And she'll be like fuck you stop making sense right now i don't even like you that much and i'll I'll be like listen this is what you i know this is what you wanted to hear because if you wanted somebody to passively or like give you like the white lies or pat your back or kind of like emotionally like softly work you through it you would have called britney you didn't call her. You called me. So you wanted me to give you the business. <laughs> I was like, didn't she say that to you one time? Like, I should just call Brit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because, I mean, I'm going to tell you you're not doing the right things, but I'm going to first tell you how strong you've been. And, you know, like, we're just at this point now where we have to really figure it the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. You do that thing, like, how I have to tell my, because my kids don't want to ever listen to me. Like, when it comes to, like, sports or school or something, like, so I have to give them, like, I have to sandwich the criticism. I have to do, like, I have to say, like, one compliment then I criticize them, and then I follow it up with a compliment. <laughs> Oreo cookie. Yeah, because that's the only way I can get them to listen to me. Because especially like with sports, and you know they come off the field or at the end of the game, and they're pissed because they did this or didn't do that. Or and I'll be like, listen, this is what you got to do next time. And I don't ever yell at them because I think it should be fun. I think you know I think a lot of parents take little league sports way too fucking serious. But I'm like, if you want to do this and you want to be good, like, this is the knowledge that I have and I want to, you know, pass that on to you. But, you know, they get, I I found early on that they just shut down. Like, they just thought I was yelling at them or they thought that, you know, I didn't, I don't know if they just thought I didn't know what I was talking about or whatever. So I learned that I had to, like I said, compliment, you did this really well. Next time this happens, you need to do this. 
and then followed up with, and you also did great at this because that's the only way. It's like hiding a pill in the peanut butter. Like. <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. I feel like that's how you handle Kimmy sometimes. <laughs> right. And sometimes I want to be handled the same way. And then other times I just want someone to be like, slap me in the face and be like, pull it together, asshole. Right. Um, <laughs> so one of the things I was um, thinking with our friendships and everything and the age that we're at 35, where do people even make friends at age 35? Like if you don't have kids in sports and you have kids in school and let's just say like all the parents suck or you have the kind of schedule that doesn't allow you to like make friendly with all the other parents. How does anyone make new friends anymore? And do we even need to make new friends anymore? You know, I, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm out of touch on this subject for one reason, really, because I made really good friends early in life. And so now that I'm, you know, 35, I feel like I'm good. Like, I'm cool. Like, I have, like, I I saw a thing on TV the other day that said, um, it was, oh, it was that show, I think you always talk about that, Adam Ruins Everything. Yes. And I caught an episode, which I never watched the show, but I accidentally caught this episode. It was like, Adam and Amy ruin everything. And they were talking, like, her and her friend got into a fight, and they were talking about how, like, there's been psychological tests done that you can only maintain, the average person can only maintain five active, healthy relationships at a time. And I kind of really thought about that, and I was like, I mean, if you really think about, like, even if you have, like, a close group of, like, 10 friends, how many are you constantly interacting with? Not that you can't interact with them at any given time or become closer to them at another point, like, down the road, but, like, actively at one time, you're really only close, you know, if you count, like, your partner and then, you know, a couple friends that really kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, but But like I said, I, you know... My group of friends, I still hang out with, oh, if you, one, two, three, four, five, six, like six girls from high school, I think, if I, if that number is off, I don't want to hear your shit when you guys listen to this. You know what I mean. (laughs) Count, (laughs) count who you are. (laughs) I'm just trying to think without actually, I have to write things down a lot. I can't talk and think at the same time, but you know, I have these really close relationships that I built in high school. And then I have like you and Kimmy that I met in college. And these are really healthy, you know, supportive relationships. So as a, a, you know, a working mother, which I may not necessarily, I mean, I'm still working, but I'm not working like I was. Um, Working my nerves right now. No, I'm just kidding. I feel like you like should have like raised your hand like you were gonna backhand me when you said that. <laughs> um, you can't see me, but I did. <laughs> but you only have so much time, like you know, like, to have you know that group of you know like eight friends. You you don't feel like you even have the time to see them. You know, like I don't feel like I have you know I see you guys enough. But because you know raising kids and working and doing the things you have to do like as a grown up, so that's why I said I'm kind of out of touch on the subject because I'm not actively pursuing new friends. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like I really lucked out in that situation. Yeah, I, I agree. I have a very good base of people that I am friends with. I also like to just pick up 
people off the side of the road in life and whether they stay for the long ride or they're just there till the next exit um it's cool i'm i'm cool with it and while i was thinking about you know all of this friendship stuff i was like you know i i think that you have friends at certain times in life for what you need them for and like what, a season of life yeah. Um, what do they say? Like something you have, like every friend has a season and a reason or something like that. Isn't there some sort of rhyme? A friend in need is a friend indeed. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I do, I often feel like I get called upon by people of my past or whatever um, when, they're, when they need me. When they're like, I need advice for this. Um, well, because you're like a good listener and you give good advice and you... Yeah, you know, and they I find F- you, they find support and comfort in you. Well, yeah, I I guess so, and thank you for saying that. Um, but at the same point, like I effed up really early in life, so I feel like I taught myself, like you know, don't financially put yourself into ruins like you did when you were in college and got free T-shirts and pizza, and then they cost you three thousand dollars. So they yeah, those so motherfuckers, free. credit card <laughs> companies, they're predators. Mm, Citibank, city <laughs> asshole. Um, but so I was like, look, I was like, you know, I feel like we have friendships of utility. And I was like, did I make that up or is that like a real thing? So I ended up like Googleizing that. And I was like, um, actually, it's something that's like used often in describing friendships. And then I found that um, <laughs> it's funny because I like did a little bit of research for this conversation because I didn't know what you were coming with. <laughs> So I'm like over here like, well, I like, you know, went to school on friendships and relationships. Um, Google University. Um, but That's Aristotle had three <laughs> had three classifications for friendships. And it was friendships of utility, friendships of pleasure, and then friendships of the good. So mm-hmm. like while I was looking everything up, I was like, yeah, okay. So friendships um, of utility is something that I talk about often because we all have a reason Um, and something that we're good at. So I know that I am used sometimes for financial advice or business advice, and you definitely are used for, you know, building business and communication in, like, the same ways. And I have spoken firmly about um, friendships also just needing to fade to black. Like, why hold on to something when it doesn't make any sense. Like when you're watering a plant and the lower leaves are turning brown, you don't want those dying leaves to suck up all the water because the good part of the plant needs to thrive. So you have to prune those dead pieces off. Right, right. Yeah, and I think think that that's an important thing. I think, and that's not only in friendship. I feel like that's in all relationships. Like if I... And personally, I find that to be with family as well. Just because somebody is a, you know, blood relative of yours doesn't necessarily mean that you owe them anything. And I feel like just just in the instance like you were bringing it up, you know, sometimes it's okay to let friendships go. Sometimes it's okay to let a relationship with a family member go too. Because I it doesn't serve you. If it's not serving you, it's certainly not serving them. And it just becomes a volatile situation where either one or both parties, and sometimes it's interchanging of which side of the party is feeling at odds or full of angst towards the relationship. So what's the point in even keeping the relationship alive at that point? Like, cut your losses, go plant a new tree, man, you know? Right, like, you're only only just 
like holding on to negative energy and that that can that can affect you physically and emotionally in so many ways to hold on to that and something that I've learned is that some your family doesn't have to be blood related to you you can pick your family you you can choose who is your your circle and who you want to call family just because somebody was born in the same bloodline does not mean that you have to forever have a relationship with them if history shows you anything there's many kings and queens and knights fighting to break up their family when they think they know better or do you in fact know better so i mean nothing is ever not from history as well so when it comes down to it sometimes you have to break up the monarchy to create more balance for the rest of your life right and and sometimes though and it doesn't have to be forever like um our friend you know we have a mutual friend that i have been friends with since we were children and there was probably a solid oh goodness i don't know maybe four five years that we didn't speak we just just weren't we just weren't meshing we weren't you know we were in different places emotionally and you know physically and that relationship fell to the wayside and then when it really mattered she you know she was there for me in a big way and it was like we never missed a day you know like and and we're you know, just as close, if not closer friends, you know, now than we were before that. So just because you have to let something go for a little while doesn't mean that you can't come back from that and and it serve you, you know, with a purpose or with love or positivity later in life. I agree. I agree. Um, I am aware of that situation. And, you know, sometimes it is okay just to fade to black and not everything needs a sequel or a reprise um i had a friend a mutual friend of ours that i was friends with um since childhood um she had changed our relationship from a relationship of the good and really and friendship of the pleasure to a friendship of utility how can i help you when you're in a bad spot how can i help you rebuild yourself when your chips are down again how can i be available to you only when you're in a position where you are unable to solve your own problems mm -hmm. and i rose to the occasion many a times i spent the time on the phone i even spent time um visiting and vacationing um to be available to this person and then when I was no longer necessary or needed to rebuild or fix or whatever I became a non-consequential and I was a little hurt and somewhat relieved at the same time and I and I thought to myself this is one of those things where it just needs a fade to black like we just can be done here like it, it's a nice memory it doesn't serve any purpose to continually reach out I feel like you just have to like put yourself out there to like well I felt like I need to put myself out there to know that I did the right thing or that I was being a good person and it was for me to feel good about myself it wasn't for that person whatsoever but at the same point it was kind of hey, this is where we're at, and I suppose this is where we will also end things. And I didn't hear back again. And I had a similar situation happen after I had my baby because not everybody wants to be friends with you when you when your life changes and you're not able to be the fun time, 
friend. You oh, know? I know. Well, and that's, you know, and that was something that I had a hard time with, too, because I was you know, I was 23 when I had my first kid and my friends were all still like we were, you know, just out, just fresh out of college. And, um, well, I mean, I was still in there cause I partied a little too hard in the beginning. So I had to finish late, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, our friend, you know, my, our friends were all, they were out partying. They were, you know, having a good time and, and doing all the fun things and traveling. And I, I think that was also a big part of where my postpartum came from was because I didn't feel like I had any support. Like I didn't have any, you know, some, you know, everybody would stop by for like, you know, once or twice, take pictures with the babies, see the babies. They'd stop by once a year on a birthday party, but like that was it. And that's like a very alone time to be. And I don't fault anybody for that. They didn't know, you know what I mean? They didn't understand and they couldn't, they couldn't have understood. Mm -hmm. And, and now that we're older and my kids are older and, and now all of my friends started having children later in life and they're going through, you know, what I went through then, you know, 10 plus years ago, I've like, I've gotten apologies. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't know, I didn't understand. I didn't get it. I should have been there more. And I'm like, you don't have to, I don't, I don't want an apology. I don't expect an apology. Um, you know, I, so I think it's always an interesting thing after you have a kid to, because you really do see, like, who really gives a shit, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I felt like I was a great friend because I had absorbed a lot of children my whole life because my sister started to have kids when I was 13. So I was like, oh, I can be around. But in retrospect, like, at one point, I think I asked you if you wanted to go to Japan and you had, like, two small kids. <laughs> And I was just like, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I have a cousin. We could stay for free. It'd be great. Just have to travel and have some spending money. Yeah, Rich still, that's still like the running joke. Like, I remember like when you had Vivian, he was like, so are we going to wait till her stitches heal before we ask her to go to Japan? Or what's the deal here? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here like, wait, when? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, things are different too when you have your first kid at 35 or Whatever. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 34. I'm like, well, I guess I could do that. <laughs> no way. You had your baby gone for two days over the weekend, and you're like, that's enough. I want her back. I know, I know. And then she bit me three times a day, and I'm like, you could have stayed away. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the like the, the thing about kids. It's like, I, I love you so much, but I need you out of my face and I want you to go away and I need a vacation. And then you like somehow get the moons and the stars to align and you get like a whole weekend or, you know, God forbid, like five days, like a, a planned trip away from your kid. I remember the first time I did that, Cole was, I think, five or six months old and Rich and I went to the Dominican for five days. It was because we didn't get to have a honeymoon. And, well, we didn't get to have a honeymoon that doesn't have anything to do with it now that I think about that because this was before we got married we had two kids before we got married so that was kind of like our treat to ourselves you know so we went for five days and I can remember like I was so ready to go on vacation after just like five six months of just like infant in your face and then like we did not even get to the car to leave my mother's when we dropped him off and I am just uncontrollably sobbing <laughs> like Right, because you feel like you're abandoning your kid, and your kid's not going to remember you because he's going to be gone for five days. Mm -hmm. I mean, and even 
even still, like, it, you know, if we would go and like, okay, we're going to go have a night out in the city and stay in a hotel and then you wake up the next morning you're like I'm going to sleep in and you wake up at like 7 you're like um I need, I wonder what the babies are doing I need to go get them they probably miss me like they're not thinking about you <laughs> mm-hmm. they're like um I'm eating whatever the hell I want and watching all of the television and yeah. probably going to throw up later yeah exactly and I'm not going to get yelled at for throwing up because it's going to be so sad. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like, if you didn't need all that bullshit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I told you no. Oh, my God. We, I th- we, Cole probably gained a solid three pounds those five days we were gone because when we came back. He, like, was, like, a whole different kid. My mom was giving him bottles of, they were formula with rice cereal and baby food. Oh. Like, all in the same bottle. Like, she slit the nipple and was fe- – we were calling them Grandma Power Packs. We're like, holy shit. Like, what? <laughs> he was She's, not going without. She was like, he he was hungry. I'm like, Jesus. Like <laughs> – Yeah, that sounds like a whole lot of food. But speaking of um, a whole lot of food, I think it's uh, gluttonous to eat a lot on your birthday. And – I don't think it's gluttonous at all. I don't know why I said that. But what I was thinking is that this would be a great segue for us to go ahead and wish one of our top listeners, Hayden, we know you're listening and we know it was your birthday week. So happy birthday! Um, Uh, Hayden is Kimmy's husband, and Kimmy is one of our very dear friends that we've referenced to several times. And then we have a nice segue over to talking about um, the word best friends. Do you think it, like, demeans your other friendships or makes them less than or makes other people feel bad? Because that's something that's kind of come up. Um, And it's one of the notes I wrote down to ask about because I've known people who feel both ways about it. I couldn't give a shit. I'm like, yeah, you're my best friend. And I don't call everybody best friend because I feel like it's somewhat reserved for people who you relate with the most, that treat you the best, that you have that same admiration and adoration for one another. And I think it's cool. Like, whatever. Uh, Yeah, I think... I mean, it comes across a little, like, childish, I feel like, maybe, in a way. You know, like, because I feel like when you're younger, it's almost used to, like, maybe hurt people or to... (laughs) It's like MySpace top eight situation. I was just going to say friendship ranking on MySpace. Yeah. Did you... Have you seen that meme? It's like, I feel like MySpace... We we need to bring MySpace back to put people in their places so we can start publicly ranking friends again. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes, yes. (laughs) Also, I'm going to put my favorite angsty songs as my background song. (laughs) My, I would have, like, T.I. on my background behind all my pictures. It, we oh, all... I was so cultured. I had, like, That's Life by Frank Sinatra. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I know things from other times of life. We didn't even know we learned how to code back then. That's a, essentially what we were doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, no, I feel like it's kind of trivial. I mean, I'm kind of like you. Like, I don't, I don't give a shit because, I, you know, and I have – I can say, like, I have friends, like, you know, like you said, like, you have u- utility friendships, you have, you know, friends that you see, you run into, you can have a good time with at a cookout or have dinner with, but they're not maybe necessarily, like, 
in your inner circle that you're texting them or calling them when you're, you know, having a bad day or whatever. So I would say I classify like my inner circle, what we label as the wolf pack, um, you know, those eight, nine girls, whatever, like those are my best friends. You know, I, you know, like that's Unless my... I delete them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> We're going to leave that way alone. <laughs> Deleting people out of the group chat. That's that's a whole business for another day. I'm not leaving that alone. Quick rundown. I deleted somebody out of our group chat. It was not an appropriate thing to do, but it was hilarious at the time. It got blown way out of proportion, out of proportion on my opinion of it all. So then I just had to stand by, like, with one of those, like, I said what I said, because now, like, I'm not going to go back on it because I've been challenged. Challenge accepted. That's how that kind of went down, and it never had to be brought up again but when you when you said like and i think that's my friend's group i was i had to say it (laughs) don't get yourself deleted now i think weren't you like uh you like your name in the group chat for a while was like people deleter or something it was killer boss people deleter yeah (laughs) (laughs) which what so just please can are you able to tell that story real quick about the killer boss Oh, absolutely. I didn't have to sign, like, any, like, you know, disclosure agreement or anything. Um, (laughs) So I was running a restaurant some years back, and I had a spunky manager at the time who is one of my very close friends, and she comes to me super annoyed at, like, 8 o'clock on a Saturday, like, uh, the police are on the phone, thinking it's, like, a prank call or some BS, and I was like, nah, people, like do dumb stuff in the parking lots around here so they always like call to see if we have a camera if i didn't saw anything and i was like i'll just pick it up so i go to the office i pick up the phone hi this is Brittany. i'm the proprietor and they're like my name's so and so and i'm with u.s marshals i'm an unmarked uh whatever tourist and i'm gonna come to your back door and we have all of your exits surrounded i need to apprehend one of your employees and i immediately was just like okay <laughs> <laughs> Like, what do you say? Like, wait, what? Yeah, like, we're not talking, like, Joe Schmo police officer. Like, the U.S. Marshals are at your back door and have the place surrounded. Like, holy shit. Yeah, so I'm like, okay. And then I uh, immediately, like, leave my office, walk directly to the back door, unlock it, and I open it. I go, I can't let you in here until you tell me you're looking for her. I was like, I have a lot of employees. It's Saturday night. And they were like, well, we're looking for this uh, guy and he did some like terrible terrible things and i was like oh okay so i was like he's in dish and he's the uh like tanner um spanish looking one please leave the bald white guy alone like um not by preference just that's who you're looking for no right like you know just please like get him out of your way yeah. well they come storming through my kitchen and unbeknown to me they had come through my side door as well so they have this guy like they have like large guns they are wearing full body armor um you know like the bulletproof vests and everything and like the big u.s marshals across their chest and they're like arms up and this dude just puts his hands up and he's just like smiling like the jig is up (laughs) and like no big deal just like looking like okay i guess like i was like okay this is not for like a drug charge this is not for like uh pumped some gas and went away like what yeah, you're is like, up? this has to be something super serial these are some serious things that you're doing 
Yeah, yeah. So um, after they apprehend this gentleman, um, uh, his name's Artur Novoa, and you can look him up because he What's chopped up his knowledge. It's yeah, you can look it up. Um, he chopped up his girlfriend and put her in a freezer. So like we don't know like the entire situation on how she died. It was probably a drug overdose. Speculation says, but. Um, Instead of just being like, yo, we got to call the police, like, this happened, or, oh, I hit this person, or whatever happened, instead of doing anything sane, they chopped this person up, put her in garbage bags, and then put her in, like, a freezer, and I guess the electricity got shut off to the apartment, and it started to smell, so they purchased a chest freezer, and put her in that and then they put a lock around it and called the landlord and said hey my electric shut off until they can get out here to turn it back on can i keep my meat freezer at your house (laughs) okay so the wife gets real curious because like who puts a padlock chain around your meat freezer definitely killers only killers Right, so she's just like, I'm That's gonna some pretend. Some Dexter shit. <laughs> right, so she's like, I'm gonna pretend like I got to uh, borrow some meat, and I'll just replace it because I'm gonna make some meatballs because this is a real Italian over here. <laughs> and she opens up the chest, and there's black bags in it. Opens up the first bag, and there's a human foot. Inside. Did he give her like the like the keys to it, or did she like bolt cut it off? No, she, she like picked the lock. Oh he, my god, he had the lock the key to the lock i guess on his keychain at work (laughs) yeah and like one of the funniest things is like he was like screwing off at work like i don't know days previous and i had to give him like a chat because i was like you're making everybody have to stay super late with your like lack of doing your position and you know he was like oh i just got a lot going on i'm so sorry and like obviously you got a lot going on um, at that point, I'm like, well, little did I know, but I was just like, you know, we can't, we can't put up with this anymore. Like, this is like a stern chat. Like, don't let this happen again. And one of my employees <laughs> said to me after this all happened, he was like, he was probably thinking like, yeah, you can say whatever you want, bitch. Cause your office is right next to the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> it's not, I mean, th- this girl has lost her life. It's an awful thing, but like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say I've been 100% not on the jokes. Like, when my husband and I, we were dating at the time that this happened. We were shopping at Lowe's for something, and I, like, double-tapped a freezer, and I said, girlfriend-sized. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, like, shit you see in movies. Like, I can't believe, like, that was, like, an actual thing that happened to you. Yeah. It is a crazy actual thing that happened to me, and then I had some other crap happen after that with another employee. Um, what was that? Try to rack my brain right now. Like what had happened was, oh, another, it's like the dishwashers, man. Like, oh, they're always dishwashers. But <laughs> my, my dude went to jail for like shooting somebody at the bar. Oh, you did tell me that. You did tell yeah. me that. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Like, I like that dude. I don't think he did it, but I don't, I haven't followed up on the case. I mean, <laughs> and it's not just because I like him. It's just like, he just, he seemed like he didn't really want to be about any bullshit type of type stuff but i mean he went to jail and i have not heard from that case in a while now i gotta look him up i'm not gonna put his name out there or any information about that because i think it's an allegedly situation and it's an open case and i'm not yeah i'm um also maybe psa to all of our single listeners maybe don't date dishwashers (laughs) (laughs) 
They can't get you the good food anyways. It's always <laughs> trash food. Oh, my God. We had a – but do you remember when we worked at Texas Roadhouse back Scraps. in the day? Yeah. There was the dishwasher that used to eat the food off the plates when it came back. Like, we were throwing them out. And didn't he, like, run his finger across the um, grease catch in the dishwasher and eat it? Oh, I don't know about that. But I remember just, like, like the managers yelling at him, like, stop eating – the food off of the plates like like this was like like what people were like leaving over like no just so nobody thinks that they were he was like touching their food before it went out this was when we were bringing it back to like scrape the plates in the trash he was picking up what was ever left off he would like yank them off of us and then like eat off the plates before we could dump them into the garbage like you almost feel like you think about it like in hindsight you're like this poor guy like was that like the only source of food he was getting but like at the time you're like dude what the fuck like <laughs> it's more common than you would think i had like host bussers like that would put meat in their pockets and like eat it throughout the shift like from like people's like leftover plates like napoleon dynamite like pocket tots give me some of your tots <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, like, minced meats. Like, and all I can think about is that episode of Seinfeld with the mutton in the couch. (laughs) So, (laughs) there's that. (laughs) Somebody, oh, I was was hanging out with a friend of ours the other day, and he laid a Seinfeld reference down. I was like, sometimes, like, Seinfeld references just, like, never get old. Somebody had a George George Costanza mask on at Lowe's the other day. That's hilarious. I was like, that is nice. (laughs) But actually, to circle it and um, kind of wrap up the episode, since we brought Seinfeld into this, the whole thing was about friendship. I do believe that Festivus is for the rest of us because the airing of grievances is something that doesn't need to happen one day a year. You bring it up in real time. You keep the friendship alive. You keep the honesty real. The intimate relationship with your significant other, the closest of friends, the furthest of friends, you be real you be honest like hey you didn't answer my call five times what's up with that like there's nothing wrong with saying it there's nothing wrong with being about just putting your feelings out there and seeing how they're received because that's how you know if you got to keep these people on your roster right i agree i agree i think i think a an honest relationship is a healthy relationship 100 percent. and you know um staying honest and keeping healthy relationships is important and that includes with our parents and our grandparents and um I think that maybe our next episode or one of our future episodes is going to be about uh, generational differences in grandparenting. And we'll take any stories from any of our listeners. You can send it to us on our Facebook. You can also email us at bossybestiespodcast at gmail.com because um, I think that's going to be a real interesting episode, which, again, I will do some research not only at Google University, at my local library. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Maybe don't date dishwashers.